Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. So, today we will share on Ephesians 6. But before this, it was Ephesians 5. And Ephesians 5 also has a good message. I'll highlight what was in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 actually says, Walk in love. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. This is one part that God wants us to follow Him, to be like Him. Mm. He gives us His love, the guidance, His Spirit, and He wants us to be followers of Him. To follow the way He was. Like, how do we know how God is? Because we know Jesus. Mm. And we know Jesus from the Word of God. Mm. So we have our Bibles, right? So you know that people say that the Bible is the Word of God. But no, the Bible contains the Word of God. Amen. So make sure we have the standards right. Because there's some things actually, maybe they're not really need to follow. But if you follow the Word of God in the Bible, so we can know that the Word is there, that the, the spoken Word is there, and God wants to speak to each heart, Amen. each one individually. He doesn't want to speak to all of us as a body. He wants to speak all of us as a body, but also to each one individual. You know? Now, I know that the world is going to speak to Rita. How do I know? Rita's my wife. I know the world speaks to her from the morning to night. So I, know, I don't doubt that. She's going to get something out of that. But each one individual, make sure we get what God wants us to be. Okay? And number five also, talks about wives and husbands. talks about Jesus. He loves the, the church. And he wants us, wives and husbands, to make sure we love each other and we obey each other and follow God. Like to respect. I go highlights on that because I have a, quite a bit of reading today. So that is very, very important. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. This is very, very important. So, and to the man, husband says, as Christ loved the church, we need to love our wives. So he loved us so much. Okay? So I'm going to go down to the... Ephesians 6. So it's a very important. Yes, honey? Further. Okay. You want to follow something? No. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So there is a different subject on number 6. So it's talking about children and parents. So there's a. In Ephesians, I'm going to read from TPT now. I'm going to go a little bit fast on that part because I have something that you want to 
to help. Children, if you want to be wise, this from the TPT, the Passion Translation, listen to your parents and do what they tell you, and the Lord will help you. For the commandment, honor your father and your mother was the first of the Ten Commandments with the promise attached. You will prosper and live a long life, full life, if you honor your parents. And sixes, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Parents them up with loving discipline and counsel and preach the revelation to our Lord. So he wants us to love our kids. He wants us to not aggravate them. You know, as the Lord loves us, all of us, he wants us to follow the Lord. So, I don't know if you have a different translation, but uh, basically it talks the same. Yeah. It's the same. Now he talks another subject that I want to add very briefly. See, we understand when the Ephesians being written, Paul was a letter to the Ephesian church. You know, there was not like numbers and topics. There was a letter written. You know? So nowadays we make it so make it easy for us to talk about it. But those days they have slaves, they have servants, they have people like that. But today we don't have slaves, maybe as far as we live in a society here. But they do speak, there are slaves in other places. But we're talking about employees, okay? So Ephesians 6.5 says, those who are employed should listen to the employers and obey the instructions with a great respect and honor. Though you were working for the master, it's like you're working for Jesus, for God. Ephesians 6, 6 says, Always do what is right, and not only when others are watching, so that you may please Christ as his servant by doing his will. So we take it to apply today, and how many of you have a job somewhere? Employees, one of you? All of you? Uh, yeah. So you have to obey and love your employer. And we are working for God. We love God. And we all of us should be employed by God. I should be thinking about Jesus, about God. Thank you, Lord. Always do what is right, and not only when others are watching, so that you may please Christ as his servant by doing his will. 6, 7 says, seven says serve your employers wholeheartedly. Sometimes we find out that we're losing a job, or we don't have a job. And we go from job to job, and we always blame it on the employers. We blame it on others. But we need to see what are we doing ourselves. We need to give our hearts and our lives to our employer. And we know God sees what we're doing. Yeah. And if he sees that we wholeheartedly work for others, work for the employer, and we give our lives and we happen to serve them, it's like serving God. So say again here, seven says, serve your employers wholeheartedly and with love, as though you were serving Christ and not men. 6 8 says, Be assured that anything you do that is, that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid 
by your Lord, by our Lord. Whether you are an employed, employee or an employer, also the same apply to the employer, that to love the workers that are working under him. And to the caretakers of the flock, I say, do what is right with your people by forgiving them. The ones that offend you, for you know there is a master in heaven that shows no favoritism. So there is master in heaven. Who is the master in heaven? Who who else is? Jesus. Jesus. Who else is? Holy Spirit. Why are you afraid? Say it. So Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that is the three and one. They are one. And they are looking up to us. And everything we do here, serving others, we do it for you and for God above all. Because we love God. We are here not because we have a salary from the, from the work here, for the church, but we are employed by God to give our lives, to help others, and to expand the kingdom of God. Not for filthy looker, for money, but for God. If you make money from the church, if, you, if you're employed by the church, you should appreciate it and you're able to you know, be happy and really grateful. But above all things, we need to thank God. Amen. That's very, very important. Oops. This is very tough, Lisa. What happened? Yeah, oh no, okay, I got it. I got it. Sorry. Seven pieces of the armor of God. Now we're going to go to Jesus defeated every enemy. He died on the cross and conquered the grave three days later. It is from confidence in his victory that we can put on the full armor of God and stand firm in our daily battles. Before we get to the seven pieces of armor, and how to use them, here is a structure that Paul wrote, a scripture that Paul wrote, Galatians 1.4.5, who gave himself for our sins. Who is this? Who I'm talking about? Jesus. 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 Who gave himself for our sins, that we might deliver us from his present evil world. So this world is not the best. This world we live here now is an evil world. But we are part of the kingdom. We bring in the kingdom on earth. We live in the kingdom. It's part of us. According to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever and ever. So, who gave himself for our sins? That's Jesus, right? 
that he might deliver us. You need a delivery. We need delivery at all times. That's why we need to be close, to let him live in us, and we live, I mean, he's in us, but we need to have this realization that we are not alone. Whatever we do, God lives in us. Jesus is in us. Holy Spirit is in us. So we need to make sure we are behaving and be like that. So I want to show you here, this is uh, the armor of God. Is Jesus, I mean, Paul lived the times of the Rome. Okay? And he wrote about the armor of God that was explained in the, as the Romans were wearing an armor. And this armor has not protection on your back, so only on the front. Because we don't ever turn our back to the devil, to the enemy. We go attacking on, like forward. Because if you turn your back, you, you have no protection. So you have to always face it, face the enemy. So I will read it here quickly. Then we can go further down in explanations of the first seven pieces of the armor of God. The final word is number 10, you know. Be strong in the Lord and in his might power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. All strategies of the devil. 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. What are we fighting? Against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, you put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you still be standing firm. 14 now. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from God's news, for the, for the good news, so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all this, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So it is very important to wear this armor. I can show it to you again here. You know, it's like the Romans used to have it. Now today, if Paul was today written you know, this letter, to the local church here. We may have seen a marine with a different helmet, a different armor, different things, and how we use it with, with guns and different things. But those days, 
They used swords, they were dressed, and they had to really, there were not easy battles. The, the soldiers had to fight difficult battles, have to go far away to fight. So they had to have special shoes, special armor, and they can use it the right way. They have to learn to use your armor in the right way to protect yourself from the enemy. So, as we see it here, that looks the armor. This is the sword of the spirit. The feet prepared for the gospel of peace is the shoes, is the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation here, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shield of faith. Something like that. Look here this picture. And this is the whole thing. <coughs> this is actually how he visualized it, how he saw it. So now we will go a little bit with piece by piece uh, why, what was, and how to use it. Sorry, I'm sorry, I left my, I left my sword here. Again? Okay, good. Yeah. Belt of truth. So he had a belt. In his belt, have to hold the whole, the whole armor. Actually, was tied in the belt, keeping all the pieces together. A soldier is only for battle when he's gifted with his belt. A Roman soldier belt was made of metal and thick heavy leather and was carrying and was the carrying place for his sword. It also had the protective piece that hanged down in the floor. His belt held all other pieces of his armor together. To be fitted with his belt meant he was ready for action. Are you guys ready for action Amen. at all times? That's why we need, when you go to sleep at night, don't take your armor off. Be always wearing it. It's very, very important. We can explain why. Truth is the belt that holds the believer's armor together as well. Ultimate truth can be found in God's word, in the person of Jesus Christ. So where do we find truth? Christ, because Jesus says, "My word is truth." Jesus in John fourteen six says, "Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father." So say it all together. Jesus said unto him, "I am the way." Okay, something maybe if you don't really have it memorized, it's good to know that. There are different translations. Well, we can find a translation, but you know, I say it. But now we say it together. Let's keep it together. We must know this truth in order to protect ourselves against our flesh. The word and the father of lies, truth, grounds, and reminds us for identity in Christ. So 
we must know this truth in order to protect ourselves against our flesh. Our flesh does not leading us in the right place, in the right direction. So we need to our lives based in the spirit and in the word of God. 1 John 4, 17 says, Herein is a love made perfect that you may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And 18 says, There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You want to read us? Uh, somebody has a, a another translation. First uh, John four seventeen and eighteen. You want to somebody read us? First John. 4, 17 and 18. Um, 1 John 4, verse 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Again, 18. Such love has no fear, because perfect love casts out all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of, uh, of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. We love each other because He first loved us. That's New Living NLT. Thank you, Lord. So, who's afraid here? Who has fears in his heart? Fearless people. So we are fearless. We need to be fearless because the commandment of God. We don't need. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, because I am your God. Amen. God says, command us not fear. Amen. Fear is worship. Of whom? The devil. So the devil wants to bring fear in your life. So make sure you're not afraid. The Bible says, I don't remember the body with this verse, but it says, Don't be afraid of those that can kill your body, but rather be fearful and afraid of him that can throw your body and soul and spirit in hell. And who is that can throw your body in hell? God. So, the devil can kill your body, but cannot destroy your soul. Amen. Your soul belongs to God. And if you are born again, and you have received Jesus, then you go to heaven. He cannot kill you. Because he purchased you with the blood of God. God's own blood purchased your salvation. He bought you. And he gave you the Holy Spirit here on earth to be able to fight the good fight of faith. And that's very, very important. Fight a good fight of faith. Now we're going to go to the next part. Is how to use the belt of truth. So here's kind of some kind of a, a belt here. 
but it's not exactly the way it was. It was more white and stronger belt they had, like very thick belt. Start your day in the world. How do you start the day? So when you wake up, what do you do? Get in the world. How you start your day is vital to winning the daily battles that you will inevitable face. Before anyone else wakes up, set aside at least 10 minutes. This is a suggestion. Don't say now, I want to read an hour and fill Tom 10 minutes. No, I didn't tell you anything. This is what the world says, but you can read much more. But minimum, if you can put 10 minutes aside in the morning when you wake up, open your eyes and talk to him, to God. So, set aside at least 10 minutes to begin your day in the world. It is important that you are able to immerse yourself in scriptures without distractions. Do you have a place that you can be quiet? You know, if you live in a shack, I understand it's one room and you are 10 people. Maybe you can train, they can standing outside, you cannot go outside. Just make a place, tell to everybody to be quiet and try to read your own word. Study the Word of God. That's very, very important. End your day in the world. In a quiet place before you lay down, dedicate 20 minutes to studying the Word. One of the Bibles that is very common is the NLT that people uh, we have here, most of you have. Also, the ESV is very common. And King James, if King James is a bit difficult for you to understand and talk about, maybe you get another version. ESV is very good. It's very good Bible. Very good Bible to, to have. And it's a, you can have a good, very economical. You can buy a study Bible, very cheap. So if you need Bibles, We've been giving Bibles around, but also the Kum books. If you put some money aside, you go to Kum books in the mall and look for a nice Bible that you can read with help studies and stuff, and you're able to study. It's very important to study the Word of God. Now, if you don't have a computer, you don't have like internet and stuff, it's okay. You can get your Bible, pen and paper, start writing and studying. There is not, no one can withhold you from studying the Bible if you want to. If you want to. Memorize scripture. I can say meditate scriptures. Based, based on the lies you are struggling with. Okay. Find a scripture. You have a problem with healing. You have a problem of saying the truth or staying in a job. Find scriptures that apply to what you're going through and meditate. Meditate on that word to become stronger and stronger and stronger. Because the word of God will make you stronger. You have problems with your family, you have problems with your husband, you have problems with your kids, you have problems with your neighbors, you have problems in your work. Find the word, applicable word of God and apply it. And if you don't know where to find it, come here. Ask Pastor Jebby. Sister Rita, Sister Emily. Hi, Emily. 
You still here? Okay, thought I lost you. Okay. Find a verse that speaks direct to your heart. Then memorize it and speak it aloud, whatever, whenever, and which areas Satan attacks you. It's very important. You have a power to command the devil to go. Amen. You have a power to command the spirit to stop. You have a power to use it. But you don't have power if you don't know it. If you don't know the word, you can understand. You know the story with the uh, seven brothers of Skivas uh, trying to cast a de demon, and then the demon jumped on him. See, the, he was starting to use the words of Paul uses and, the, and Jesus. And the devil told him, no, no, no. Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? So you, know, you need to know your identity. Who are you in Christ? And if you don't have the scriptures, come to us. We'll give you word. We'll give you printouts. We can create things so you can get strengthened. Every Wednesday, we have life groups. Come to life group. Everyone is eligible to come to life group. Youth. We, youth day is Fridays usually. But if you need other times to talk, Emily, you know where Emily stays, you know where we are, when we come into town, you can phone us, you can leave us a message, can we meet, can we talk, you know. We don't want to hear the doubt propaganda, we want to hear your need, what actually you need. I don't want to talk to you telling me about, or tell to anybody half an hour what the devil did in your life and your victory was that small. What he did, victory. Because the devil took something in your life, but you are greater than the devil. You know why? Because greater is he that is, say it loud, please. I'm sorry. That's very, very important to know that. So let's go now to number two, breastplate of righteousness. The Roman soldier was always equipped with breastplate. The piece of armor protects his vital organs in the heart. This is the one here. Think yourself you have something like this in the spirit that protects you. Imagine yourself. Visualize it. And then you can really use it because of the word of God. So the piece of armor protects his vital organs in the heart of in the, sorry, in the heat of the battle when he wasn't quick enough to take up his shield. Then the breastplate was for the quick and unexpected advances of the enemy. As believers, we have no righteousness apart from what he has been giving us by Christ. A breastplate is his righteousness. His protection is righteousness. Does anybody have the righteousness here of Jesus? Raise your hand. 
Good. Everyone. So I saw one or two, but I can see you later. Okay. A breastplate is his, his righteousness will never fail. Though we have no righteousness of our own, we must still, by his power, choose to do right. See, his power inside you. See, the enemy can tell you in your mind, say something wrong, do something wrong. But you choose to do the right. Let's say it together. I choose to do the right. I choose to do the right. It's very good. And who is right? Jesus. Okay. By his power, choose to do the right. Living a right life rooted in God's word, a powerful protection. God's word is powerful in protection of our heart. Killing our flesh and defeating the enemy. So the word of God is protecting us, our hearts, and what else to do? Defeating the enemy, killing our flesh. Your flesh maybe wants you to do something that is not right. Because you are, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Everybody knows this thing, structure? You, are, you have a spirit, soul, and body. So, your body is your flesh. And sometimes if your mind, your spirit, your, your soul is not yielded to the spirit, you will yield to the body, to your flesh. So you do the wrong thing. How to use the breastplate of righteousness? Identify righteous activities in your life. That strengthens you. There may be as simple as having an occasional conversation with a homeless person and getting to know them by the name. You have to get to use the right things and occasionally try to do the right stuff. So that will help people. Identify righteous activities in your life. That's I'm sorry. Identify unrighteous activities in your life that weaken you. So if you do, what is an unrighteous activities? Unrighteous. 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 Yeah. Extra TV, programming TV that really does not help your soul. Get a fight. Talk ungodly. You hear something talking about bad stuff and you condone it. You don't correct it, don't stop it, you do things that is not right. Gossiping. Gossiping, you know. So it's a lot of things you can see, you know, you can do that is not righteous. So we have be intentional exposing myself to moral behavior. You know, make sure intentional you do right things. More good moral, not immoral. There's immorality and morality. So we choose the morality. So don't allow Satan to weaken the walls that Christ had built in you. Are you guys okay with me? Are you getting, anybody fall sleepy? No. You want to move a little bit? Wake up. Stretch. It's okay if you're, if you're sleepy. Stretch. I try to stretch your faith. Try to stretch your liberty in the spirit. But physically, 
the flesh will tell you, you're tired, you walk all the week. Uh, okay. The sandals with the gospel of peace. This one, the feet prepared with the gospel of peace. So your feet have a sandals. Used to, they used to wear, they were very, very, very thick. So because they were running kilometers, they were walking kilometers and kilometers to go to the, to the, to the fights, the Roman soldiers. So they had to have very strong feet that you could hold them, shoes, so they can go far away. So the same as ourselves, we need to have those spiritually, to be strong. So they have extremely thick soles and wrapped perfectly around their ankles in a way that protected against blistering. Believers also need to have a firm foundation in the gospel. As believers, we have peace in knowing we are secure in what Jesus has done for us. How to use the gospel of peace? Preaching the gospel to yourself daily. Before you go out to preach the gospel, to talk to meet the world, talk to yourself. Speak to yourself. Read the word. Remind yourself of the hope you have in Jesus Christ. Who has hope in Jesus Christ? I have it. Because of his sacrifice and your belief in him, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do not wait until the hardships remind yourself of this. Build your foundation on daily reminders of his hope and you'll be able to get through anything. Share your testimonies with others. The easiest and sorry. share it with others to tell your story how Jesus changed your life. Even if it's not your own story, you have that testimony that is really valid. Like we heard yesterday, today, that uh, Sister Maki prayed somebody in the bus that could have been dead and raised, her, raised him up. Raised her or up or whatever. Was male or female, I don't remember. I don't know what the story, but anyway, but there was a person that was almost dead. And she laid hands on him and resurrected. Living by example, the way you walk through life will be seen by many when you carry yourself with the fruits of the Spirit. People will stop and take notice. Now I know Peter walks around in the city and, and Sister Eta and lots of you, and people know they are Christians. They are disciples of Jesus. So they need to take notice when they know who you are, what you're talking, what comes out of your mouth, when you're preaching the gospel, you're sharing the gospel daily. Your sample should be the gospel alive, speaking around, you know. <coughs> so, shield of faith, this is the shield, right? The Roman soldier shield was a complex piece of armor. The shield was also a scatum, was a soldier primary defense weapon. It was made of imp imp 
penetrable wood, very difficult to pass through, to break it, with leather and canvas and metal, and will be douched, caproduced in the water to extinguish the fiery arrows of the enemy. So they can do anything, they can go anywhere. And the strongest was this armus, when all the soldiers was next to each other, and hold it, they were easy and they were able to to go ne next to, like hooked with each other. So they were making a wall of defense. So as a family here, we have power. We can have a strong defense. But don't let the enemy isolate you, take you aside, because he tried to kill you. You know, the devil, we can cast the devil out of you, but he will return if you don't have the defense built up through the word of God and through your church. We, we may be few here, but we are strong in faith. We are strong in God. We have our armor together that we can defend and attack the enemy and really win the war. The, the war. You know, we don't want numbers. Jesus has to have disciples, actually 11, and he changed the world. Even Judas, with his bad sample, he preached the gospel because his bad sample echoed all around the, the universe for 2,000 years. So people learn about Judas. They learn about Christ also. They learn about the resurrection. Faith is the shield of the believer. <coughs> Trusting God's power and protection is very important to remain steadfast. When the battle rages, we must remember that God works all things for good, and He's always true to His promises. He works all things for good only for the Christians, not for everybody else. So you need to make sure God in the battle, and even if you lose one battle, God will turn it for good to you. It's in Romans 8.28. Somebody, let me find out. Lisa, could you read me Romans 8.28, please? Yeah, go ahead. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Very good. So you are called according to his purpose. So, <laughs> so now we're going to go to the helmet of salvation. The soldier head is one of the most vulnerable areas without his helmet. One blow, this is the helmet here. Show you the picture again. So you protect your head. If you have a motorbike, a bicycle, you put a helmet. If you fall, you don't break your head. The same with the, in the war we're fighting. We have to guard our head. Our head is important. Between your two ears, the enemy could use it to attack you in your mind. So you have to have your 
head protected. So the soldier's head is the most of his most vulnerable areas. Without his helmets, one blow to head will prove fatal. His helmet covers the entire head, facial areas and between the eyes. His armor will prove useless if he wasn't equipped with his helmet. So all your armor, all your protection will use, be useless if you don't use your helmet. The believer's helmet of salvation is the most crucial piece of armor for the Christian. Without it is in the indwelling Holy Spirit that enters a believer at the moment of salvation. All other armor is useless. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, that's it. Here are some results from a search. Excuse me. <laughs> you don't be working now. Just tell me you want to work. Sorry, I'll tell you off. Okay. Bye. So the believer's helmet of salvation is the most crucial piece of armor for the Christian. Without the indwelling Holy Spirit that enters a believer at the moment of salvation, all the armor is useless. Salvation empowers believers to fight. It protects us in our weaknesses. Without salvation, there is no victory. How to use the helmet of salvation? Stand on the convictions of your salvation. When you know without doubt what you are doing to heaven because of what Christ did on the cross, not even death can defeat you. Yes. Jesus loves you, sweetheart. Amen. Jesus' name. Satan rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We will all face extremely dark times. In these times, our salvation will light the way at Calicus Hall. Placing your thoughts on things above by listening sermons. Reading the Bible, having your, if you have a MP3 or something to hear word, the word of God, you'll be strengthened. Be intentional about feeding your mind and spiritual food through the day. Load you up your podcast, your MP3 with podcasts and stories and reading and Bible verses with sermons that, that for other preachers. So, Make sure you stay in the Word and let the Word be the leading guidance in your life. Let the Word be what? The leading guidance in your life. Six, the sword of the Spirit. All other pieces of the soldier's arsenal are this one. The sword of the Spirit. This is considered a sword. So, Jesus in the Revelation is the King comes the white horse who had a sword in his mouth coming out of his mouth. That's the word of God. So, our sword is the word of God, both the written and the incarnate word. Incarnate like the Bible. Even if you, like Jesus, is the incarnate word. Every other piece of armor protects us against attacks. With God's word, we are truly able to.
to fight back and defeat all the enemies. We need to learn to fight back with the world. Christ used scriptures to defeat Satan when he was tempted in the desert. We must do the same. We must use what? Scriptures. Must use that? The word of God to attack the enemy. How to use the word of the Spirit? Arm yourself. Be intentional about reading scriptures. As I mentioned earlier, find a time that you can dedicate reading and studying the word of God where you are, free of distractions. So, thank you, Lord. When Satan attacks Christ, when Satan attacked Christ in the desert, he told him, no, 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 for it is written. So, Satan used the word of God, part of it. But Jesus answered with the word of God. So, Satan could not. Even he asked him, are you the son of God? Jesus could have told him, when you were when I got baptized, when you heard the, the voice of God says, Behold, this is my son of God, and I'm very well pleased. Where you were? He was there. He heard God talking to him, but he asked the same question. Are you the son of God? So when you feel beaten down, immerse yourself in the Bible. Even those with great faith are going to have days when they feel like they are barely hanging on. On these days, 10 minutes time in the world is just not enough. Take a sick day and immerse yourself in his word for the entire day. If you've been attacked by the enemy, take a day off in the world. You know, that's why God says, try to take a day off the Sabbath. Sabbath is the seven, means we take a day off to be able to study the word of God not to go to parties and to dance and stuff. I mean, it's good to go, but not when it's ungodly influences there. Study the Word of God, as any, everything depends on studying the Word of God. Seven, prayer. In prayer, we show our reliance upon Sorry. In prayer, we show our reliance upon God to act and move. Our entire armor is rooted in his strength. Without his presence, we are powerless to fight. We must fight on our knees. The one who has won the war is with us in the battle. We will see a victory when we fight in his power. How to use prayer? Pray when your eyes open every morning. Before you do anything else, go straight into prayer. I start every day asking God for wisdom to make good decisions, the discipline to stay true to his word. So you have to get discipline to stay true to his word. Have a conversation with God on your prayer before you go to sleep. There is something very powerful about getting on your prayer knees to honor the King of Kings. So that's weak. If you want to win battles, we need to honor the King of Kings. Although the war has been won, the daily battle must be fought. Thankfully, we know that 
with every fight we face that we have the armor and weapons to help us defeat the enemy. Thank you, Lord. And Paul ends up here and says, and pray for me. He says here, pray in the spirit all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too, he says. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan and the good news for the Jews and for Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as shall suit. Final greetings. To bring up to date, Tisikos will give you a full report about what I'm doing and how I'm getting along. He's a, he's a beloved brother, faithful helper in the Lord's work. See what he talks Paul here. Tisikos is a beloved, faithful brother. So are you a beloved, faithful brother? Are you faithful? Yes. Are you faithful to Christ, yes. to your family, to your church, to other Christians? Faithful to the ministry? Faithful to preach the gospel? I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. And may God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.